0: Well, that's a bunch of housekeeping that we had to do because we have now become our own organization, brand new. Uh, we run under our own charitable organization number uh, with the CRA, with our own board, and we're very, very excited about that. Um, I'm, going to, um, I'm going to just take up our offering, and we do it the way you just saw. You can also go to promisechurch.community. The green tab is give and you're able to give there. It's not going to look much different except for you don't have to do the pull down for uh, Willowdale Pentecostal Church. They are no longer our governing church. We are now self-governing, which is wonderful. So um, I, want to, uh, I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your faithful giving. Thank you so much for the prayers. We have had over, I would say, over 50 prayers um, offered for different individuals in our community, and it's still coming in. And so we're just so blessed to have a community that's willing to pray for each other. Let me pray about this new year, about the offering, and, uh, and then we're going to move into our message. God, I thank you for the opportunity to reflect back to you that which you gave us. God, I thank you that you have given us um, prosperity, that you've given us resources. God, I pray that we would reflect that back to you as an act of worship and an act of trust. Because you, God, are the one who's genuinely provided for all of our needs. And so we give it back to you, knowing that together as a community, we use this to, to include others. In Jesus' name, amen. So during our service today, we're going to invite you to continue to use Slack. Um, But we're doing something slightly different We've never done this before We are actually going to tag team preaching Now this has been a long vision of mine I've always wanted to do Multiple voice sermons because I can't Find too many places in Society where only one person Speaks for half an hour or Whatever Um, even in uh, Even in schools and in And in lecture halls it's being reduced To being video integrated and then The professor speaks and then more video And stuff like that so I I'm really excited about bringing in Josh. Uh, Josh is here today. Josh has been doing a podcast with me in the, in the Promise Church studios, and we found that we are able to converse well together, and sometimes it gets a little awkward, whatever. Um, but it's great, and we've been discovering about how to reshape discipleship and, and going down that. But this sermon series has been about discovering God. This sermon series has been about God being huge, so immense... He's unknowable Untouchable uh, um, Spinoza would say that If God exists Then he could not be known by the human mind Because he is so unfathomable And beyond the human mind And he's not wrong Except for God chooses to Condescend to our level God chooses to become a person, an embryo. And, uh, and that's what we've talked about, and how God set up the expectation so that Jesus would be recognized as man and God. And John, uh, the Gospel of John, does a really great job of that. And, uh, and so we're going, to, we're going to be talking about a dance.
1: Yeah, so before we get into that and what it means to join God in this dance, Uh, why don't you join us in prayer, those of you that are here and those of you that are home. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to learn about your son. Thank you so much for all you've done for us, Jesus, that you've came, you've taken on flesh, you were a baby, you became vulnerable, Lord. You entered into our situation that we may know you, that you may heal us, that you may bring us into redemption, God, that I thank you that you're not this far off, God, that we don't have any connection with, but God, you have chose to come and dwell Mm -hmm. with us and Mm -hmm. dwell in us, and that we get to talk about that today. So, Lord, bless this message today. Lead us in these words, and let it land in the hearts of all of us that are listening, God. We just thank you so much in your mighty name. Amen. So, yeah, Rob came to me a while ago and asked if if I would like to preach. As we had been talking about stuff about discipleship, I kept bringing up this idea of dance, this idea of Trinity. And so our message today is called Invited Into the Dance, and I had a story about myself dancing. I don't know if Rob can dance. Uh, I'm not (laughs) thinking so. Maybe that's a judgment. But I remember being at my brother's wedding, and we had this opportunity, so the wedding's great. We go to the reception. And the thing you do at the reception is that you have a few pops and then you hit the dance floor. And so I was... Pops, right? Yeah, pops, sodas. Yeah, okay. And so I was jumping into that. I was like, of course, I'm going to do that. And so I hit the dance floor and I thought I was tearing it up. Like I thought, okay, I have to be the greatest dancer at this wedding and probably in the whole town until... Yeah, well, no, <laughs> that's not my moves. Until <laughs> Until I saw the video the next day that someone had taken of me. And I was completely embarrassed because it was brutal. I was not the greatest dancer. And I was upset because I love this idea of dancing. I see it as this, this piece of art, this piece of expression. And as I've grown with God over these years and understand more about the Trinity, I realize that there is a dance happening. And we have John and his gospel to
0: teach us what it means to dance with God. All right. So John 1. 1 to 14 is a big chunk of Scripture. It's fairly famous, but I'm going, to, I'm going to read it for us today. This is what gives us the view of the Trinity, which is God's dance with us. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him, not anything was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So there was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people didn't receive him. But to those that did receive him, who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So John has started his whole gospel with this statement of God with us. But it, he's showing it in the eternal God, the Word, with God in the beginning. He's going all the way back.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Because like, we, we see this in, in terms of Jesus who is equated to the Word, being with God. And we see him become an embryo, we see him become a baby, and we see him become one of us and dwelling with us. And it's through this, Jesus' birth and Jesus' life, that that we get a glimpse of what the spiritual formation is called the great dance. We see this come alive in John's Gospel. In John 1.1, we see in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And as I, as I take this verse in, you notice that it's similar to another verse that John is doing something here. If we see in Genesis 1 1, we catch a glimpse of the same thing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this is the part of, of the dance being revealed. This is the glimpse of the dance being revealed. We
0: see here the Son has always been with God the Father. Yeah, this is a clear connection to the Genesis story. So John is writing his gospel after Jesus come and then resurrected and gone. He's reflecting back and he realizes that Jesus, the rationality, the Logos, the Word of God has preexisted and and John recognizes something really fantastic here. He recognizes that that. In the beginning was the word that God created with. That God existed with Jesus. One of my uh, New Testament theology professors said, said to me, he said, We got the order of the New Testament wrong. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think he was right, but he suggests that the New Testament should have started with John. John 1, because in the beginning, Old Testament starts, in the beginning, New Testament starts. So we have this. So, John is saying, he's saying there's a clear correlation to the beginning of the story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John, this passage is signaling yeah. this new beginning. Yeah, it's this new beginning that, that God created. So, in the
1: beginning, God created. We know that God created and it was good. We know that the serpent said, this could be even better if. And we know that it got a whole lot worse. So, John, by drawing our attention to at the beginning, is showing us that through Jesus' incarnation... That through God with us, a redemption is in the work. It's this new beginning. The, the human, Jesus, the Word, the Logos, is doing what us humans couldn't do. But is Jesus doing it all alone? And I, I would say no. I don't think right. so. Because, again, if we follow John and, and journey back to Genesis, we know that, that he says that the Word was with God and was also God, and we could equate this to the Father, but what comes alive in Genesis in the first chapter is the presence of the spirit as well right hovering over the deep yes right so we know the spirit
0: has always been with the son and god the father Right. So by correlating the beginning of Genesis, we also know that the, the Spirit is part of this relationship, and it's where the idea of the Trinity comes from. So let's look at Genesis 1:26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on it. That's our vocation. That's what we're supposed to do. But God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and a female, he created them. The dance, this dance is revealed between the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and they're set out to create and redeem. So I'm talking to Aaliyah the other day, um, and she's talking to me about school. And uh, she loves it when I tell stories about her. Um <laughs> But she's talking to me about school, and she's talking about her observations about how kids play together and how they make friends. And so so we've got this, this one group of people, and she's like, I can name these kids. They want to be in control of everything. They want to tell people what to do. And then she said, there's a whole bunch of kids that just want to be told what to do it's very cut and dry it's a one-way direction and this is sometimes the way we think of god we think of god as the one who should tell us what to do and we just want to be told what to do aliyah doesn't fit into either of those groups she's a collaborator she is a person that wants to do things with each other but that poses a problem because it takes a lot more communication to truly collaborate it takes a lot more work to come together and to be in tight relationship and I think that what happens here in the dance is that is that God is saying, I collaborate, the Father collaborates with the Spirit, collaborates with the Son, and we have this dance of Trinity that takes a ton of communication, a ton of skill, and isn't authoritarian, top-down. Yeah. And I even
1: see it, I see it come alive in even Jesus' baptism. Hmm. So with Jesus' baptism, you have God the Father that says, you know. This is my son who I'm well pleased. You see Jesus there, the one being baptized, and you see the Holy Spirit coming down on there. And so through Jesus's life here, through his baptism, through his birth, we catch this cosmic glimpse of this dance, a God who would send his son to be born of the spirit to share in life as people for the purpose of relationship and redemption. And that's, that's
0: the dance revealed, is a God that would do this. Right. But the dance isn't just revealed, it gets extended. And so John's gospel continues on, and it totally gets extended because God gives us a beautiful image of how we're included in it and our role, and he moves us all the way to John 17, 20 to 23. Go ahead and you, if you read yeah. that for us. So it says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those
1: who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, That they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me even as
0: you've loved me. That's a high level amount of communication. It is. I'm I'm so specific. I in him, and him (laughs) and me, and, and 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 we've got this this. This totally being integrated together, that we become one. So there's, there's a couple things that we want to point out here. The first one is unity. It's a call to unity. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. So here we are. We're separate. We're, we're, we're not together in the same room. But yet we are called to be one, of one mind. In, in Acts 2, they were gathered together in in, in one accord yeah. and then the Holy Spirit comes and steps in. It's in this unity that we're called together. This is our inclusion. We have a call to be one with our neighbors, one with our communities where we're actually brought in together to say this is what God intended for us.
1: And I love that this doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's not like, oh, hey, we're Christians. We should just meet with people. This unity, actually, that we have is a reflection of a greater unity. It's that greater unity we see between that dance of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John says in his gospel, Father, just as you were in me, I am in you. So right. our call to this unity is to be a representation of the life share between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which I
0: and and many other people call the dance. Right, and this is such a bigger call for Christianity. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being a top-down God, you know, tells me what to do, I got it right or wrong, and, and then I'm you know, all of that, that's, that's included. The sin part is there, but we're invited into something way greater than that. John 17 becomes a central part of what the gospel is. It's, it's God who is beyond, our, one, beyond our, our understanding. We can't even wonder enough at him. And then he condescends to us. And he says, I want to elevate you, to include you into this, And so this is the third part, participating in this greater unity. Humbling, amazing, the verse here, may they also be in us. Don't miss that. May they be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them one glory that you gave me, that they may be one in the exact same way as we are one, I in them and you in me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, we're to be one with others as the Trinity is one. And this starts happening by us sharing in the dance, not just reflecting it.
1: And I love that piece. We, like that's, as you said, it's humbling. We get to be part of that. We get to be part of this redemption story that's going on. Jesus' birth was, was this tangible picture of the dance extending to us that we might participate in this great redemption. And I love that. And, and, and as I was trying to understand this dance and stuff like that, I came across a, a gentleman that I had learned about in Bible college. Hmm. His name was Baxter Kruger. He's a professor. He's a theologian. And this is what he says about the Christian faith. And I thought it, it was so fitting to this. He said, Christian faith is not something we do that just gets us connected to God or gets us into the circle of life shared by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ has done that. Faith is not something that we do that moves us from the unforgiving column to the forgiven column. That was done in Jesus. Faith is not something that we do that gets us reconciled, justified, included, adopted, redeemed, and saved. Jesus Christ has done that. The fundamental character... Of Christian faith is that of discovery. Faith, as Luther said somewhere, is like the eye. It does not create what it sees, it sees what is there. It's this beautiful picture that we are discovering
0: God and who He is and our role in it. Right. I think it's beautiful. Well, and, and that's such a big piece where, where Christianity sometimes has been reduced to simple forgiveness. It's just simple like, you're a, you're a dirty worm, you're a sinner, you need forgiveness, that's it, now you just wait for heaven. Way too small. Way too small. We are brought into, as Baxter says, we're brought into the fundamental character of Christian faith of discovery of God. As a finite being, that discovery is an eternal journey that I will forever be discovering more about God. My framework for God is this big. As I said to the youth earlier today in in the message, I said we need to, the, the God that you learned about in Sunday school, no offense to Sunday school, you need to learn that at that age, is too small for you. You need to continue to discover more of God. The fact that people do full PhDs on this, means that there is way more to discover about God than the simplistic ideas that we start out with. It's a discovery. So someone, someone says that, uh, on, on Slack, someone said that the members of the Trinity collaborate yet have distinctive roles, e.g. the Father sent the Son to this world. The Son came in obedience, died for us. The Spirit takes the work of Christ and applies it to our life. Absolutely. And so how, how do you see us engaging with that in that way? Yeah,
1: so as I learned in school, it was, it, was this, it was a great, great point. It was this idea of from the Father through the Son by the Spirit. And I think that's so cool. So we get to see that collaboration. We get to see God as one and God as, God as those three distinct persons working in our lives. And I love what, what Maya Angelou says about it. Actually, mm-hmm. she says, everything in the universe has rhythm. Everything dances. And I had to think about this for a second because I'm like, well, what, what's going on? I, I thought God was just there for kind of these big moments in my life when my bank account's lower, when all this stuff. And I'm like, is God in my day-to-day? Can I know God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in my day-to-day when right. I'm with my family, when I'm by myself, when, I, when I'm not doing these great things for him? Can I know him? And I love how we see here that, that there's
0: rhythm, there's flow, there's dance all around. So let me actually self-reveal a little bit here. Sure. I, going into every new year, I spend a significant amount of time in prayer. We, we shut the church offices down, and, and I pray. And historically in my life, a new year marks a time of new beginnings, a new place that we got to spring into something new, or change something, or make something better. It's innovation it's excitement it's thrilling it's all of this stuff and in my experience this year i was praying and and i was like god what's the new what's exciting and literally nothing (laughs) literally nothing big nothing huge and god was like you're already doing it just keep on going in the mundane, in the normal, in the everyday run-of-the-mill stuff, God's just saying, "Keep on going. Just I'm with you. Keep on this dance." And I'm like, "But it's not spontaneous. It's not crazy, you know." But there it is. Keep on doing. So, so how we see ourselves in relationship to this dance determines how we see others and the world around you. What. What, what does that mean? What are we looking at there? Yeah. So, and, and I know this about my life as well, because
1: I didn't grow up in the faith, and, and so I had images of God in my head, and even when I started out, God was like this, this kind of singular person in the sky with a cattle prod that, you know, if I didn't change my act, he would, he would get me. Yeah. And I recognized in this way, if, if God is singular if God is angry, if this is how we see God, if, if God is behavior crazed, just change your behavior, just get better, then I recognize over my life that, that we'll just try to protect. We'll try to isolate. We'll, we'll individualize. We'll gatekeep. We'll, we'll be bitter. We'll be burdened. We'll be consumers and, and performers because we have to protect, you know, our relationship with God. I, I need to make sure he's always pleased with me. Right. I need to make sure he's always happy. If God is that singular, angry, do right person in the sky then i'll always be timid of that relationship i won't enter into it i'll always be trying to be enough for him and i'll 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 just be this person who's consumed by that fear
0: but but if god is true life if he's a trinity if he's in this dance and he's sharing that life out of love for us, then we live in a different position. We don't live in that position of fear any longer. We live in a position of inclusion, which because I have the, I can see it in God, so I can mirror it in my life. Because I know that I'm loved and I'm accepted by God, I can love and accept others. I can take more risk. I can be involved because I have that foundation, and it builds community. Sometimes I've, I find that hard because the image is there that, yes, God
1: loves you and God invites you in. And, and sometimes that can be hard to understand. And I've had to learn that in my own life. I've fought against it for some reason, maybe because it seems sometimes too good to be true, right? This God inviting us in. And I recognize for myself that I, I can't outdance the dance that's happening. Mm-hmm. I can't outdance what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are doing in terms of redemption for this world. They're, they're constantly working for the redemption of this world, and I can't dance around the dance either. I can't pretend like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing, because for me, it just hasn't worked out. But what I could do, and what I've been learning, and what I want to share is that we can join it. Right. I can join it. Me, who was a, you know, a screw-up as a teenager, me, yeah. I can join the dance of what Christ has done for us, what the Father
0: continues to do, what the Spirit has set out to do as He dwells in us. So how do we do that at Promise? How will the world know that there's a dance through Promise Church? And I, I'm, I'm looking at John 17, 23. So the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. And, uh, and, and so I think, I think we need to, to think about that. How, how, do we do, how do we do that? One thing that that I love, that I've, as I started
1: coming in person and and getting connected with you in the, in Promise Church, as I came back to this area for school, I recognize you do something in the morning of spending time like you did praying for one another this morning. Beautiful, yeah. You spend time in the morning, I've seen before, doing Lectio and different meditation and contemplation things, and it's this idea, what I see here in this context of spiritual formation, I see us contemplating the scriptures together. I see, us, I see us experiencing the beauties of these traditions that people have done for a long time. And I see what happening through this is being able to apply it to our own lives. This is a sense in which we get to do here. We get to take in. We get to see who God is with
0: one another. Right. Right, and, and that is where we are formed. We're formed in that. But in other places here on Slack, and we've got tons of engagement. Someone actually just wrote, I participated in a square dance at the Mills Farm recently. It's a beautiful picture of what you're talking about. They were, uh, they were, the, ma- they were the main leaders in the dance, and the rest of us were able to follow their lead, and we all danced together. And so we looked to Jesus as the main leader of our dance. How did he do it? And so here... It's on Slack. We're engaging as a community. We're always involved with each other. And we grow with each other as, as we develop and we, and we learn and we experience. See, it's not just about learning. Somebody actually was complaining that continual learning can be problematic if the goal is the pursuit of knowledge. So I would submit the less knowledge, the more actions preferable. What I'm, what I'm hearing here is that, no, we're not just trying to amass knowledge as we discover God. You discover God in your whole being, God with us, God near us, God walking alongside of us, God giving us purpose and strength and direction, and we discover those things. It isn't like placed in your lap as a child. It's something that you you journey through, and God blows your mind about it. So it's more than just information. Um, and then the last area we, we, we do this, we experience it. Yeah, is... and this is this was something, a cool experience for me to see
1: that's happening at Promise Church, and I just want to commend everyone for it. It's, it's Promise Grants. This is a beautiful picture. Remember that picture of unity, right? We are, are unified and to be one with others as, as God himself is one in the Trinity. And so we see that in us as our call to go out, mm-hmm. to participate. We engage the community, we serve, we incarnate, we become part of the community. I love. I think it was, I'm going to pick on Corey Dean, I think the last time she was talking about Promise Grants, she was saying this, Promise Grants isn't just something we go and, and, and give money to people and then leave. We actually come alongside of them
0: yeah. and we invite them into this dance. We, we get to dance alongside of these people and and so you're talking right now about our promise grant programs. Our promise grant where we where we say God in his triune being greater than us condescended to those who would be excluded right us humanity and and then and then invited us in. Well the church is then say, oh well we're the people of God we're separated But we should be doing exactly that which God did, which is including those who are not yet included in. And we do that through promise grants by saying, come alongside us. What do you want to do that's good in the community that we can come alongside you and support and and immerse ourselves in? It could be your passion. I might not be passionate about it when it started. My father used to talk about sports all the time. But one day he had a conversation with me. I guess I was 17 years old. He had a conversation with me. And he said, the only reason I got into sports is because your brother, who's five years older, is really into sports. And he goes, I don't care about sports. But my but my son does. And so because my son cares about it, I care about it. Well, this is a promise grant thing. Because somebody in the community cares about something that's good, we want to come alongside the way that God has come alongside us. Yeah. And I think this is it's
1: a beautiful picture as we recap on all this, this is God himself existing since the beginning, always being, put us into creation, had a plan for redemption, sent his son, mm-hmm. sent his spirit, and continues in this way. And, and I, yeah, I love that you clarified. It goes beyond just, just head learning. Yeah. This is something we do with our lives. We're formed. We're transformed. And we get to walk alongside us that are here, us that are in the community. We get to do this thing together. And I, it reminded me of a song. Honestly, this is just kind of an add-in. I was driving the other day, and I, I think it's Leo Sayer is his name. Old singer. Um, I don't want to – he's older than I am, let's just say. And it was this song that, that, that's called um, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. Eh? And I had put it on, and it wasn't like I put it on for the sake of this sermon. I just put it on and recognized this beautiful lyrics, you make me feel like dancing. And as I understand what God has invited us into, as I understand what Rob and I talked about today, of being included in God, not God that's far away, but a God that loves, a God that wants to unify, a God that wants to transform, a God that wants to bring love and makes me want to dance. And so I end with John 17, 24 to 26. It says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these that know you've sent me, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have
0: loved me may be in them, and that I may be in them. Right. So, someone just caps this off really well, and he says, the dance... With God and each other is a beautiful life-giving action that attracts those in the community to want to dance with us and with God. And this is the vision for our church. We don't just want to be a church that says, God's up here telling you what to do. We want to be a church that is involved with God's living, moving, breathing action inside of this world, including as many as possible. So let me close off with a word of prayer, and, uh, and we will... Uh, we will be back here next week, um, and back in person as well. As far as I can tell, uh, with the new with the new restrictions, uh, we should be back in person with no problem. So uh, I look forward to that. And uh, thank you very much. If you're not going to see an interpretive dance. That's Danielle's thing. Um, let me pray. Holy Spirit, you dwell in us now. You are with us and you are in this room. You are in the room of every individual hearing this voice. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you have chosen that. We thank you that you have chosen to invite us in. I in you and you in me as we are in. It's just this massive, tangled, beautiful mess where you've come to invite us in. And God, we don't live our lives like this all the time. We don't think of how you, Jesus, are walking alongside us step by step every day in the mundane. We don't think about that enough. But God, I I pray that you would reveal yourself more to us, that our faith would be grown to maturity, and that we would see more of your plan, more of who you are, and understand you more so that we can communicate boldly to others around, and include all of humanity into this, which is your will, that we all live in unity together, even though it takes way more work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Promise Church, for for joining within our service, and I pray that you're blessed, and I look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday, and God bless you.